Welcome, everybody. I am Lindsay Shooters, your host, and I'm joined, as always, by the venerable Archdeacon Rodney Whiteman. And Rodney, before you introduce yourself and say hello, I want to know what's happening with St. George the Martyr of Kales River. Is it opening or is it not? And the Anglican Church of South Africa, if you can give some insight into, into what the Archbishop is saying in response to the recommendations from the President. Good morning, Lindsay, and uh, thank you uh, for the welcome. Um, I trust you and your family are well, and um, all of us are doing as well as we can here. With relation to your question, um, I think that the, the premise to start off is to say that the church's leadership has been um, uh, involved with the, uh, uh, the president and his, and his um uh, um, cabinet to discuss what the feasibility is of churches being able to reopen uh, uh, on the level three um, in the lockdown process in COVID-19. And the churches had um, various uh, concerns because of the financial impact that lockdown is having on many congregations. Uh, but at the same time, also keeping in mind that the uh, lockdown consequences has affected everybody um, uh, financially as well uh, on every other level of life. So having made various dis discussions and really looking clearly at what was needed to happen, the Archbishop was involved with the South African Council of Churches um, and also with other churches. And then um, we had to discuss the proposal of do we start in June or do we not start in June? Are we ready to start? Are we not ready to start? So Bishop Margaret met with her chapter to discuss uh, based on the president's uh, message, SACC's pastoral guidelines uh, the Archbishop's letter to us um, and also the Minister of Health. And so coming out of that, uh, uh, the majority of the clergy um, were meeting with the, with the bishop to try and, and, and find out what is the most feasible thing to do, that the churches are not ready to open up yet. Now, number one, there's a key thing here. Number one is that in our Diocese of False Bay, we have significant hotspots. Mm. And so we have to take that into consideration very keenly. We also know that the inequality in our society is very glaring at the moment. So some congregations may be able to start, others cannot start because to be able to, to start and to prepare to start has financial implications. Why do I say this? Because you cannot go into a building that has not been certified as having proper deep cleansing of all its, its what's them. So we have to be COVID compliant uh, um, and we even have to have a certificate after the deep cleansing has happened. So we had to take that into consideration and also the cost implications of that. Um, so, so 
given also the fact that some congregations are, are larger than others in number, when you have 50 people meeting and you have several services, just how many of your congregation are you really going to get in one month to come to church? Because are they going? To, are people going to be coming one month, once once a month mm. to church? Are they mm. coming once a week to church? What about the people in the 60s and over category and those who were specifically with underlying um, comorbidities? So the challenges were huge, and um, the implications are. Are, are, are huge. So having said all of that, the bishop has out of the meeting in um, in 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 in, in um, agreement with the archbishop and the other bishops of the South, uh, the Anglican Church in Southern Africa, and also in consultation with bishops of other churches, leaders of other churches, have decided that we now have to do a monthly viewing continuously working out that each parish must have a compliance team mm -hmm. and then set into motion in terms of the compliance regulations, what does it mean to be um, compliant in terms of deep cleansing and, and, and all the materials you must have and the certification and who ensures that after every service, because after every service, you have to do a cleaning as well. So your services have to at least be an hour apart uh, on any given day if you're having more than one service, because the period of cleansing is important in between. Mm. Benches must wipe mm. down, microphones and all of that. There's also the issue of the ritual. Whilst it is fine for us to be masked up and gloved up, and say things from lead service from the from 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 the front. There is also implications to the ritual, such as will we be able to baptize babies? How will we do, will we do that if we were having a baptism? Will will we be able to give communion? And how will we be able to do that? Um, do we have we have we got a worked out plan regarding all of that? Um, so at the moment, what we so, so basically, from the the letter came for which which is called an ad laos that has to be distributed to all its members. So this information is going to be on your on the Facebook, on WhatsApp, and also on the website of the of the church, so that everybody is informed about what the bishop has said in a letter. To yeah. to, to I believe us. it is on the Facebook already. It, it, it is, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and it's very important for us to take cognizance of that. And also, if anybody of the congregations of St. Mark's and Monica's and St. George's, we need people with the necessary skills and, 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 and um, information to serve on a, on a compliance team. So if any of you out there have got that um, capacity, I have spoken to some people. I've started with the the medical ministry in the in the in the parish, and and so and others have begun to offer. Uh, as the archdeacon, I'm also trying to plan that uh, there be an archdeaconry team uh, that can assist parishes with the, the compliance mm -hmm. method methods. 
Um, and so we, we're going to need people with medical skills. We're going to need people with the, the defecting skills, disinfecting skills, sorry. And we also um, need uh, people to know where we can get the contacts from. So these are all very relevant things. But at the same time, um, we must ensure that the, our budgets, which never catered for this in the first place, uh, it, I mean, we've always had a cleaning um, thing in the church, but we never had what is being asked for right now. So for the month of June, I can safely say, based on the bishop's letter, we will not be, will not open. But we are not just going to open in July if we, if we haven't done enough reviewing. And uh, because the main thing that Bishop wants to um, wants us to remember is that as a diocese, we will start each parish will start on the same day as uh, uh, we will not be doing as we want to, which is right. We have to do it collectively and yeah. with the bishop's yeah. uh, um, approval um, about this. So um, I very much support that idea. And um, so uh, I just hope people will understand. Um, funerals continue. If anybody has died, the, mm -hmm. the funeral will happen, mm -hmm. but with the restrictions that are currently there, 50 people and all the regulations have to be followed. Mm. So and, please and, and form yourself. Wed are weddings open yet? Not at the moment. Weddings, baptisms okay. are not available. In any form of counseling on level three, it doesn't, doesn't happen yet face-to-face. Uh, but we are working on getting a group of people that you can contact. But basically, if you need any form of counseling where you need to share your story of pain, of grief, of loneliness, of anger, of, uh, you know, your faith being challenged, then please call me and I will definitely uh, listen to you and do my best to be able to give you counsel as well as to um, pray with you, and um, and so I'm I'm I want to I want you to know that I'm available, even it's only via um, a video call on WhatsApp or, um, or or other means of calling. I will respond to you, God willing. Mm. Yeah, and I, I just want to just want to interject. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, the decision has been taken from a, a cost of compliance perspective because I think where a lot of people have been clamoring for the economy to reopen and all sectors to be reopened, um, the cost of managing this pandemic in the workplace is astronomical. And I mean, these things have not been budgeted for ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, now you absolute. have to get in like specialized cleaning teams, you have to get in all sorts, put all sorts of protocol in place. And I mean, those costs will continue to climb. And especially in the struggling um, parishes, uh, that's, that's it's just not an, an option. And I, I really do appreciate um, the the Anglican Church specifically um, coming out and, and, and looking at it from a very sober, with a very sober mind from a business perspective. And then from from the health implications, obviously, on its on on its parish. Um, the other so thing. Add, yes, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So the biggest problem that I had with with the president's announcement is the the way that we manage this pandemic in the phases going forward, as explained. Um, we recording this on Saturday, the twenty, the thirtieth. Is it the thirtieth? Thirty first. Yeah. Thirty first tomorrow. 
Yes, yeah, 31st of August, 30th today, this is when we're recording. Um, and last night on the 29th, um, the medical, the Department of Health had a seminar or at least a, a media briefing where like the full action committee was available or at least the, the medical committee that's advising the, the Department of Health was available for questioning. And what came out is that like the next phases is all about the uh, adopting the social distancing and those sorts of protocols. And what I found in my additional research is that the biggest thing, so you wear the mask when you're out in public and then you try and limit your time of exposure. So yeah. if you're going to the shops, it's just about going in and out and like the mask and you have to wash it obviously every time when you come home, you can't wear the same mask like over time and like all those things. The mask is just there to help stop you spreading and try and help stop whatever you are getting like you're getting someone's coughing in your face you know in, yeah. in the line at the pick and pay it's not a very long period of time but where where i had problem with what what the ministers were saying is that the churches can open and the they can't have services longer than two hours um the longer you stay in a situation um, yeah. the higher your risk of infection is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so having people seated, even if it's a meter apart <laughs> with all the clothing in place, no, you can't have that long a period of time. Like you need to try and limit your ex time of exposure, which is becoming it's going to become a very important aspect of keeping yourself safe when you're out and about. But, yeah, I, I welcome all the decisions that have been made. Um, cool. I just want to premise my my response uh, in that. We in the Western Cape, currently the epicenter of mm. the virus um, in in our country, and as a result of of that, um, very strict measures need to be taken because um, we've already heard of four teachers who were co tested COVID positive when they, you know, just as the as the teachers went back to school. We don't know how that occurred. And, and apparently one has already died, um, uh, probably with mm. me because of underlying illness, and he was younger than 60. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, we, we must not live with the myth that younger people are, are not going to be uh, affected. Um, so every one of us will have to take precautions. And one of the things that I also picked up in my research was that even speaking to another person causes mm. droplets mm. to flow. Yeah. And that yeah. our masks has to cover at least here till our ears because uh, they did a test that showed the virus coming out on the side of, mm. of uh, a mm. surgical mask, for example. Uh, and they did a study on saying surgical masks were meant for 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 ensuring that doctors don't infect the people that they are have, yeah. they are doing yeah. surgery on. So it wasn't meant for this kind of of epidemic that we are going through at the current moment. So yes, I think that because we are the epicenter uh, and, and in, as the epicenter, we probably have to um, teach others how uh, we need to manage this because uh, when, the, when it reaches other parts of our country and the continent, at least we would be able to hand them a model and the church has got the responsibility mm. To, mm. To, to still be the church uh, and and lead by example 
in in all this matters. And so I think it's imperative that we listen. I mean, this is the thing that we are challenged by as we seek to listen to God through our worship, uh, through our gathering in the way we are. We have to listen to our our, our political leader, uh, the president who is responsible for the nation. We have to listen to those with skills scientifically. We have to listen because once we've got all the information as much as we can, it still has to be interpreted uh, on grassroots level. It still has to be worked on through grassroots level. And so we are all called to listen passionately and intentionally and also to be bearers of the truth uh, and not and not the lies and stories made up along the way, which uh, sadly is what social media social media can be used for and that's unfortunate so there's no way i mean if we never believed in a thing called the truth then this is the time we are being called to consider what truth is because if we don't follow the truth we death will come so the truth is about is life-giving so i i would want to add that to my response to what you've just said 